0: Hello, I'm Hattie Crissell, the Acting Features Director of Grazia Magazine, and I'm here with a new episode of Grazia Life Advice. If you haven't heard the podcast before, first of all, why not? And secondly, here's how it works. Each week, I speak to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of advice they really value and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. My guest this week is Sophie Hagen. She's a comedian, a fat activist, a podcaster, and now author of the new book, Happy Fat, taking up space in a world that wants to shrink you. Sophie's book is an eye-opening read, flagging all the subliminal and not-so-subliminal messages that tell us that being fat is a bad thing, a situation we need to feel shameful about, a temporary state before we improve ourselves and re-emerge with the perfect body. I found it really thought-provoking and uplifting. It's a book for everyone, whether you're fat or not, and it will really change the way you look at so much of the culture around us. Sophie's advice is super empowering too. So let me know what you think on Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag GraziaLifeAdvice. For now, over to Sophie. You were just actually saying that Sophie Hagen is the kind of best British attempt at pronouncing your yeah. name. But w- how actually should we be saying it?
1: So the the Swedish have the saying about the Danish language, which is that it sounds like you have a potato in your mouth. <laughs> so my Danish name, my name is um, Sophie Hain.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's I can I can't say that. I so. Know. so we're going for Sophie Hagen. <laughs> I'll, but I'll accept Hagen as well. Okay, thank you for being flexible. <laughs> um, so congratulations on your book, which is fantastic. Thank you. I think what really comes through in the book is is that you have an absolute passion for the message that you're putting across. It's a very sort of defiant strong uplifting book well that's how I took it anyway when did it go from being something that you felt strongly about to actually there's a book in this
1: I think I had an idea that I was going to write I wanted to write a book about just everything that I wanted to say about everything and then my friend said you know why should fat be a chapter and I said I can't feel a book about fat stuff turns out I could I could have probably <laughs> filled two books and I just started writing with the idea that there was no way you know I asked someone how long is a book and they said like 75,000 words and I was like no that's too many words <laughs> and I don't think you're aware of how many thoughts you have about it and how many experiences you have and how many feelings you have about it until you start to write and then you realize that oh this has been my entire life and yeah, there's a lot in this, and I had. Well, you can already hear now the way I'm answering this question, and it's going to take me 20 minutes to answer it because <laughs> when
0: I start talking, there's everything pops out of my mouth. So. Yeah. What were the sort of main things that you really wanted people to come away with after they read this? I wanted fat people to feel seen and heard and
1: acknowledged. I wanted it. It's of course a book for everyone. You know, it's not just specifically for fat people, but I kind of wanted. I guess, me as a 16-year-old to read it and then realize that you're not the problem. There's nothing wrong with your body. And actually, this is whole... I'm always going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this <laughs> has all been a ploy. You know, This is all a bit big marketing stunt to make you hate your body, so you'll spend money on fixing it. And yeah. the problem isn't within you. And the problem shouldn't be you learning to love yourself. The problem should be them learning... To, start to stop making, trying to make you feel terrible exactly, about yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're not the problem They are. Yeah.
0: There's a really moving chapter at the beginning of the book where you talk about how difficult your relationship with your body was when you were a child and when you were a teenager. W- was it hard revisiting that? I know you say at one point that while you were writing it, you had to stop sometimes and hold your stomach and say, you know, you're we're great, okay. we're okay. Yeah. But yeah, w- what was it like going through all of that, all of those memories? I think in the beginning I thought, it was fine
1: and that was very much the way I said it to my therapist I kept saying I'm fine it's fine let's talk about something else I'm fine (laughs) and then eventually I realized that I was very sad during the period when I was writing it and I don't think I ever cried during the writing process but I could feel it was heavy you know it's heavy revisiting those parts of of your life and um, I did need to you know just reground myself and go you know people can't see it but I am touching my stomach now to be like okay we're fine we're fine we are actually fine
0: now yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: but I think it was very important I think when a lot of people hear about the body positivity movement uh, I hear a lot of people say oh I'm not that confident I could never do that and I wanted people to know that oh I wasn't confident you know I had a really bad time with this yeah and yet I'm here now really loving every inch of my body and there's a lot of inches, so there's a lot to love. Uh, so yeah, I, I I tried to focus on that when writing it, that this wasn't me reveling in all the sadness and trauma. It was me yeah. trying to tell people that there was a beginning, but let's all go to the end of this as well.
0: Yeah. Would you talk me through what the, I know you write about it in the book, um, what the turning point was for you where you started to think, actually, I don't have to feel this way about my size. It was meeting this super radical, cool uh,
1: Danish activist called Andrea. And she was amazing. She had a mullet. I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was incredible. I'm still friends with her. She's amazing.
0: Does she she still have the mullet though? Oh, no, she doesn't have a mullet anymore, but she's still cool. (laughs) She's still really
1: cool. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even set out to rescue me or anything. We were just placed next to each other at uni studying Russian. And then she just started telling me about capitalism and feminism and for me I'd never heard the words well I probably heard the words but I just didn't know what it was I'd never thought about it and then she just explained the very basics of oh yeah all these thoughts you've had that fat equals bad it's not a thing that's made up that's made up by uh, corporations wanting to make money off of you Mm. and it was such a simple thing to ignite what then happened which was just I questioned everything I'd ever learned. I questioned the validity of it. I questioned the logic and realized that, oh, hold on, nothing is objectively unattractive. Right. You know, nothing is objectively wrong like that. Like, oh, hold on, yeah, I've been lied to. And that just, it was overnight, just real. like all the billboards stopped being facts and started being lies. And that was That's the so turning
0: point. So your first piece of advice is assume that they're lying to you. Please expand on that for me.
1: It, yeah, as as I said, that was like the turning point for me was realizing that, you know, I've always I've been raised to believe people. I hate April first because uh, <laughs> I I just believe anything that anyone tells me, because why wouldn't I? And then realizing that there are bad people and you know there's a bad system in place where what capitalism basically is is the there's no room for ethics. It's all about making money. So these corporations are making. You know, children hate themselves in order to make money off of them later. And I think that piece of knowledge, like looking at a billboard, looking at an advert, looking at the front cover of a magazine, or even reading news, especially at the moment, have it in the back of your head that, you know, they might be gaining, someone is gaining. Yeah, what's from in it you. for them? What's in it for them? Who's making money off of this feeling you have right now in your body? You know, if you suddenly start to think, oh, yeah, maybe I should lose weight or, you know, maybe I should.
0: Um, Buy those control pants. Yeah, this lotion.
1: Maybe I should. Maybe I look too old, or maybe you know, that's a trick that they pull on you to make make you spend your money on their product. So, you know, take it back. Take it back to who you were when you were a baby, and when you just liked your body or felt neutral about your body, even, and before you started getting these toxic messages.
0: Yeah, it's so hard, though, isn't it? I think we, you know, we all fall victim to this at some point it's very hard when I mean I know working in the fashion industry um, that we're bombarded with these images of people who are exceptionally beautiful in a sort of conventional Mm. way and it's very hard not to look at that and think oh I've sort of failed a bit because I don't look like that Mm. I mean how do you overcome that you've made it sound you know you make it look easy but how do you do it are there any practical tips I'm so happy you say that because I've done
1: so many panels and stuff with people, and they've been asked this—you know—then they've been asked this question of how do you basically how do you learn to love your body, and the the answers are usually, oh you're beautiful,
0: you know, right. love yourself,
1: <laughs> and I've always been like yeah cool great, but how? And they're like oh you know just you are beautiful. I'm like. I, I'm going to need specifics. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, asked a lot of fat activists like how they did it. And one of my favorite pieces of advice was from Kat Posay, who's amazing. She's an ac- academic um, fat studies scholar in New Zealand. And what she would do is get a full-size mirror, stand in front of the mirror naked, mm-hmm. and look at herself. Like, look at yourself. Look at your naked body. Stop making it something to be afraid of. So, you know, it's one of my pieces of advice, if I can jump to it, is to stop fleeing from the fat. Yeah. So it's this you know, we keep trying to suppress it, we keep trying to, oh, you're not fat, or, you know, no, you're not fat, you're beautiful, or, you know, wear stripes, striped clothing that covers up your fat, or don't wear a crop top, or wear like a black plastic bag, please, to cover everything that you are, you know, don't, I know so many fat people who don't have mirrors in their houses, you know, there's this, face it, look at it, and fill your life with fat bodies, you know, remove everything from your life that, makes you feel bad, you know. You it's okay to remove people from your Instagram feed, you know, so they don't pop up and make you feel bad. Yeah. That's okay. You might feel like a bad or a failed person if you have to hide someone's posts because you went to school with them or they're your friend or whatever. But that's self protection, you know. I have to remove everyone who suddenly goes on a weight loss journey. I'm like, wow, that's not nice for me to look at. Yeah. I'll remove that. If anyone posts fat phobic memes or something, I just delete them because yeah. How empowering. You, it's so important, you know. I've And I didn't know what, how big of a problem it was until I saw some of my friends' Instagram feeds. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what you take in? Yeah. This is what you take in every single day, but you're not aware of it because you're just scrolling. Yeah. So remove all of that and put, you know, cool fat people in there, naked fat people in there, just to make <laughs> sure you see, you know, other things you can,
0: you know, aspire to be. You yeah. Know, happy and free. Yeah, that's lovely. Your next piece of advice... Um, it's actually much more of a practical piece of advice. Yeah. Get a slow cooker. I love slow cookers. I just love it. So I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop slow cooking. Right. Tell me why they're so amazing because I am actually quite tempted to get a slow oh cooker. Oh I, I just love it. And I acknowledge it might not be for everyone.
1: Right. <laughs> no, I'm not acknowledging that. It should be for everyone. I just love getting up in the morning, putting all the ingredients into a pot and then just having the house smell amazing for eight hours. Yeah. And then you can do all the the dishes and you can do all the things you need to do and then you just need a plate and then your food is done it is so good the meat is amazing the vegetables are amazing I can't I'm obsessed with my I want two slow cookers so
0: I can you know (laughs) always have a meal ready at some point (laughs) what are your um top meals that you make in your slow cooker oh give um, us some inspiration I
1: make uh chicken curry various types of chicken curry because the way the meat just kind of falls apart in your mouth. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> um, pulled pork. Oh,
0: really? Shove it in the pot. You can make everything in a slow cooker. Okay. Everything. That's really useful advice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you talked about this a little a minute ago, stop fleeing from fat and the importance mm. of looking at your body. You've also said in your notes that you've given me here, fat isn't temporary or an illness. Mm. Why do you say that? That's so interesting. I think most of us, well, a lot of
1: us, uh, especially fat people have this tendency to live in your fat body, but you're in your head. There's a thin person inside of you wanting right. to get out. And one day she's going to come one out. That's who you really like are. <laughs> yeah. So you buy you buy better clothes for her. You know, you're like yeah. I get these jeans for when I'm thin. And you know, your whole you know, when you imagine your wedding day, you imagine you being thin. And you know, you say no to parties because oh no, no, not when I look like this. But one day I'll be thin. Then I'll go to these parties, and we kind of you know fat people are usually seen as a before picture you know like oh yeah you're fat now but what are you doing about it and it's so radical to say no this is it
0: yeah this This is is how I'll
1: always look and I'm going to accept that and I'm not working towards something I'm living right now I'm going to go to that party right now I'm going to get married in this body I'm going to live I'm going to have sex in this body I'm going to flirt with someone in this body because this is who I am right now there's not a thin person inside of me this is this is it yeah and I think the language around fat is so like fat is so unspoken you know it's oh she has a great personality or you know you're so um you have a pretty face you know it's we're not even allowed to say it you know it's plus size and voluptuous and chunky and chubby and larger and we can't even say it it's so it's such a fear you know and it's in all of our language like Oh, I was bad yesterday because I had a pizza, you know. I was good today because I did yoga. And within of in all of the that rhetoric is fat bad, thin mm. good. Yeah. Where taking it, taking the word fat, making it me like I am fat and I love my body. I'm fat and I love it. I am fat. When someone then shouts fat redacted uh from a car, it's not yeah, you're it's like, like something I've been yeah, f- yeah, and? it's not something that cut up with me. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, and it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, the title of your book is Happy Fat, which is such a great titles. Was that you. Did that come to you from the very beginning or did you arrive I'm on that? I'm so bad with titles.
1: I am so <laughs> bad. My first show was called Bubble Rap for no reason. My second show was Shimmer Shatter because I thought that's what they sang in the song. Turns out they sang Shimmer Shadow. The <laughs> third title was Dead Baby Frog, which no one liked. Um, <laughs> I had no idea about the title, so I did... I chickened out and I put it on Instagram saying, what do I call my book? And I got
0: a lot of bad suggestions. And then um, someone said, happy fat. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll go with that. It's the two key words here. Um, So moving on to your fourth piece of advice, tell me what this one is.
1: Oh, yeah. So this actually stemmed, the piece of advice is it's meant to be fun and it's meant to be nice. And it came from, uh, I did a gig uh, at a comedy club and this older comedian, he was headlining, I did like a short spot. And I was really nervous and I was saying to him, like, oh, God, I'm so nervous about this gig. And he was like, then why are you doing it? Why Why are you doing comedy if you don't think it's fun? You know, you started doing this, surely, because it was a fun thing for you to do. And he just twisted something in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, I do love doing this. Yeah. <laughs> of course I do. You know, I think we're, because we're from the beginning bombarded with these messages that, you know, you, you need to be working hard. You need to be, like, stressed has always been... It's almost been glorified now. You know, it's oh, I'm so stressed these days, and um, you know, it's like being in pain or being in, you know, oh God, I'm I'm working out. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do this. You know, we're kind of used to having this mentality of it should probably be hard. Everything should be hard. I should be working harder. I should be doing better. I should be. Well, actually, most of the answers are the nice option. You know, the nice option would be to not hate yourself and to just say really nice things to yourself you know I'm always in therapy I'm always asking you know how do I fix this you know what do I do what kind of hard task do I take upon me to change this and the answer is always try and be nice to yourself try and forgive yourself try and do something that feels really good and you sometimes forget
0: that oh I can actually just have fun and do a good thing. So your fifth piece of advice you don't have to do anything what do you mean by that? I think a lot of my stress that I've had has
1: stemmed from, you know, um, invites to things or parties that I didn't really want to go to and the guilt I felt over not answering messages or and sometimes it's just allowing you, like knowing that you can't be everything for everyone, you can't live up to every single person's idea of who you should be or their expectations and it's really freeing to be like, you don't have to go to that party. You don't have to answer every single email, you know, figure out a way of, I had my email address on my website for a long time. And I would get in the beginning, two or three emails a day. And then it became 10 emails a day or 20 emails a day from people being incredibly nice, incredibly lovely emails with people saying, basically, this is my life story. And this is what you've meant for me. And I tried to read all of them. And it would take longer and longer. And I would try to respond and I was like, "Oh wow, this is, this is really stressing me out, and I can't really, I can't do this." So, removing my email address and being like, "No, people actually don't have the right to have access to me. I don't yeah. have to answer everyone who emails. I don't have to go to this family reunion if it makes you feel bad. I don't have to small talk with this man on the tube just because he feels like it." I can say, "I'm sorry, I'm." not interested or you know I don't have to apologize for myself I don't you know there's a lot of things where you you kind of have to trace back why do I think I have to do all these things and usually it's you know we're socialized to be really in the UK particularly so much politeness you know you can't just be like excuse me sir I'm just gonna (laughs) sit here you have to be you know very polite about it and there's a lot of small talk stuff as well but also sometimes it's just your mother in your
0: head saying yeah finish your finish your whole meal you're like
1: why? Well, I don't actually have to do that that's not yeah. a law I think that was really freeing for me
0: I think there's been some real progress on that front with the me too movement as well that mm. I think women have have started to realize a little bit more that actually as you say if a man talks to you on the tube and you want him to go away that's okay you don't yeah. have to be polite you know you're not there to be a receptacle to his yeah. interest in you um, so, your final piece of good advice, related actually, is it's okay to make things easier for yourself. So, I have
1: um, this is I mean, most of this is advice originally given by my therapist. Many, many of my therapists. <laughs> <laughs> it's we have this idea of what's the correct thing to do and what looks the best and what is probably what other people do and what is normal, right? So. If you have a day where you're depressed, you can't get out of bed, or you're stressed, or for, what, or you're lazy, whatever reason you might have, you might have a whole day where you're like, I'm not leaving my bed. And first of all, to accept that that's okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I think many of my thoughts would then be, you know, oh, but I should probably do the dishes. Or I I just can't make myself do the dishes. What do I do? You know, how do I get the energy to go and do my dishes? Well, naturally, the answer is quite simple. You know, have paper dishes for a while you know have paper plates you know or have plastic plates or <clears throat> you know order a pizza or you know it's okay to find these little life hacks you know like I've i realized this is a tiny thing it was such a tiny stress factor but I got really tired of moving my charger across the room that's a tiny thing but it was like oh god I have to bend over I have to get yeah. get it out and I'll move it over. oh god where's my charger tiny thing but then just getting two charges and I have <laughs> one in each plug. Oh, it <laughs> just saved me a tiny thing. But if you can yeah. do that throughout, you know, doing little tiny things that will make things easier. Yeah. You know, just fine. You have a week where you're so depressed, you're lying in bed, you're looking into the wall. You need water, but you're not getting any water because you can't be bothered to get out of bed and go to the kitchen and put and then you have to do the dishes afterwards. and Get some plastic bottles next to your bed for emergency situations where you can't, Yeah, you know, do the, you know, what's it called the ethical thing of not spending money on plastic, you know, just have it by the side of your bed. It's okay to kind of allow yourself those days where things are just really, really hard, because for most people, some days will be
0: really, really hard. So. And you're probably not going to bring down the whole environment on your own just because of that Wednesday when you (laughs) gave in and used paper plates. Yeah,
1: just why not? Why not just give yourself that little extra something easy?
0: I like the element of being kind to yourself, which really shines through the book as well um, and is very welcome, I think, these days.
1: Yeah, we we are very rarely told that that's okay. Yeah. you know because then immediately the, you, you know you feel selfish or you feel egotistical or you feel self-indulgent or you know there's all these kind of guilt feelings about mm-hmm. taking up space and treating yourself well and not letting yourself be pressured into anything and saying no and it's very strange to a lot of us to start doing these things but you know it's the thing like I hated writing in the book about affirmations I hated saying to people you know get in front of a mirror and say I am beautiful because it just felt so cringeworthy but Mm -hmm. when you think about it why is it cringeworthy why is it so bad to say yeah. Why do most of us feel bad when we say, I'm so beautiful? Yeah. Why do we feel bad about that? How? When was that ever in our heads? You know, we keep telling children, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Look at that baby. You're so cute. But then when
0: it's like thinking it do about yourself. Yeah, if though. the baby was
1: like, I'm cute, you'd be like, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are you talking, first of all? But also, you know, why is that bad? Why can't we have just a bit of confidence? We don't have to go all trump confidence on it like that would be dangerous nobody wants that exactly <laughs> you know you can be realistic about it but yeah sometimes it's like you know what i'm okay and i'm doing really well and also well done for getting out of bed today yeah. you didn't want so you got out of bed well done on not going to work when you didn't feel capable you yeah
0: know? yeah um this all brings us on to your worst piece of advice mm. that you've ever received and this is one that actually gets applied to all sorts of situations what is it
1: Oh, don't let it bother you right <laughs> just just ignore it. What's annoying about it is, is that it's always being used as a positive, like it's always for people who mean well, so you're like, "Oh, I was groped uh, by this guy, or I was uh, harassed by this person or I was uh, had a, I get abuse on Twitter or it's always oh, just ignore it, don't let it bother you but of co- first of all, it's absolutely Im- humanly impossible to not let it bother you.
0: If it's already bothering you, yeah.
1: Things that are fundamentally fatal to a lot of people, you know, just ignore it. Well, no, of course I'm not going to ignore it. And I did a, I wrote about it in the book as well. I did a pilot for a sitcom and I was getting a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse on social media. So I had to spend so much time deleting all the comments and, you know, blocking people and reporting them to Twitter. And it was so, and he was uh, this guy, this other act, was saying, you know, oh, you're always on your phone. And I was like, yeah, I'm blocking these people. And he was like, oh, just don't let it bother you. And then I started, re- as they came in, I started reading it out loud to him, saying the same things that they were saying to me, saying it out loud to him. They're horrible messages, like really horrible, terrifying, disgusting messages. And after about five minutes, he was like, oh, just stop. And I was like, oh, really? Well, maybe just don't <laughs> let it bother you then. You know, like it's it's so easy to say when you come yeah. from the outside, but also we should let it, bother us because of course it's it's really bothering you know it's
0: yeah
1: we have to talk about it we have to acknowledge that these things happen that's what again with the me too movement that was a lot of people getting together saying no actually it's it's actually really bothering us yeah let's actually stop this and i'm instead gonna of say going, so yeah. yeah instead of going oh he probably didn't yeah but i don't want to be a prude about it or i don't want to be a nuisance or i don't want to make a scene or you know what do you do you have all these feelings and when someone says don't let it bother you, what the only thing you can do with the feelings is just suppress them or not share them with people, they're not gonna go away. You can't be like, Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, okay, I think I'm okay with it now. <laughs> it's so you know, it's not
0: it's not what you should say to people when they are So what do you do? I mean if you're if the thing that's bothering you is something that is completely outside of your control, how do you deal with that?
1: I mean, it depends, of course, on the on the situation, but like something with abuse, for example, which I often get and with this book, I'm probably gonna get well, will get a lot as well. For me, it's practical advice. You know, when people say, oh my God, I'm getting abuse, it's a matter of saying, okay, uh, how do we make sure you can self protect? How can you hide your address? How can you make sure your Facebook profile is closed? Can you get two factor authentication on all of your social media accounts so that you, because some people might try to hack you and some people might try to dox you. And, you know, it's just practical, like um, turn off your. Social media, have someone else deal with your Twitter account. You know, these mm. practical pieces of advice. It's like also community, community always, you know, have people around you that have the same experiences, which is also one of the great things about the Me Too movement was, mm. oh, it's Me Too. You're like, yes, oh, God, I wasn't alone with this, you know, because if enough people have said to enough people to Shh, don't say it, don't let it bother you, you think you're alone with it. It's, I would much rather have someone say, oh, yeah, I had that than mm. someone say, oh, don't. Why? Why don't you just not worry? Just ignore it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we shouldn't. This is a systemic problem. This is, yeah. a, you know, it's not, it's not a, a one-time experience that happens to this one person. It's all of us all it's the time. It's about all of us. Yeah. I mean, like these people don't matter, and these people are. The sad thing is, these people are victims of it themselves, and that's mm. why they get so angry, seeing a fat person being happy. They're furious. Like these people are because they're unhappy. Oh, they're so unhappy in this. They're. I got a message it's, yesterday. It, I was like, "It's Sunday morning. What I do you know, do?" What, what is, a
0: sad person you are. What? A,
1: what? A, what life do you lead? You know, like I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm talking to these amazing people. You know, I've had a dream come true. I've written a book. I'm yeah. living my best life. I'm really happy. And oh, you you spend yeah. your life what doing a shame
0: that. Feet for for yeah know, you, you anonymous troll that yeah. you feel the need <laughs> of doing this yeah. Well, I'm very happy to hear that you are living your best life and that you're happy, happy fat. And uh, as the book says, you're taking up space in a world that wants to shrink you and it's brilliant. So thank congratulations you. on the book and thank you so much for thank joining you so us. so much for having me. Thank you so much to Sophie Hagen. I'm not going to attempt the correct pronunciation as I'll only embarrass myself. Her book, Happy Fat, is out on the 2nd of May. If you like Grazia Life Advice, please help me out. Subscribe, rate it, review it and share it. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.